right now on the Ringer Gambling Feed and all throughout the entire month of August, the East Coast Bias Boys are getting you ready to bet the NFL this season. We're going through each and every single division and revealing our favorite futures, predicting division winners, and even giving you some award winners. Do we think the Kansas City Chiefs will repeat or will they be dethroned? Tune in now to find out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, like Man City dropping a ton of money on another center back, like Spurs and Harry Kane refusing to make an actual decision, like Arsenal winning a trophy, kind of. And of course, like Everton starting the season without buying a striker. Once again, we are back. This is the Ringer Gambling Soccer Show. I'm Steve Cerruti, as always, joined by the great Paul Carr of True Media. Paul, what's up, man? Great to be back. How's the summer? You got a good little uh, summer haircut going, I see. Steve, I'm going to start with a rant. What is FIFA doing scheduling the World Cup (laughs) running into the European season? We've been working on this. It's like three, four days ago last week. I'm like, wait, the Premier League season starts when? Like, come on. I mean, there's maybe there's some weather, Australia, New Zealand, something reasons for making it later than it should Isn't be. Isn't it winter there? It's winter. It it's is winter that, there. Like, but it's, it's not 50s. really winter. Yeah. Yeah. But fine. I mean, come on. So anyway, I'm frustrated because this all kind of sneaked up at me. But and maybe it's because the US went out early and I'm sad about that. But but I'm ready to go. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you well, first off, you could just end the sentence and say, What is FIFA doing? Question mark. Um, Truth. Because that's just a universal question that we just have for them in general. Uh, they don't have their shit together pretty much um, at any time. But moving past that, I did actually, before we get, let me just, I'll, I'll lay the lay of the land here. I mean, we've, we've teased this kind of on Twitter for a while. This is going to be kind of our full EPL preview. We'll do title predictions. We'll do top four bets. We'll do, you know, I know you got some top half. I like some top six uh, candidates. I mean, the relegation fight to me is maybe the most interesting one that it's been since, I mean, last year was obviously incredible because there were so many teams. This year, Again, seems like it's going to be a bunch of teams, so I'm excited to talk about that. We'll do a little golden boot race action. Um, Now we're going to get into, at the end of the pod, like a little bit of the U.S. men's national team transfers, uh, or lack thereof for some of the guys, actually, that haven't gotten a move that we're a little bit surprised about. So we're going to basically do a thumbs-up, thumbs-down on whether or not like we like their new team or the current team that they're staying at if they didn't get a transfer. But before we do all of that, which we're very excited about, I do actually want to ask you about the women's team. So they go out in the round of 16. um, Pretty disappointing. You know, Mm -hmm. when you have a chance to... I think win in PKs three separate times, at least two times, I believe, and you don't even get the ball on net. That's a huge problem in PKs. Um, A lot of people were talking about the shots in that game. They were high, but the XG wasn't really that ridiculous. So what was your your thoughts? I mean, the U.S. men and women both going out in the round of 16 in the last World Cups. I mean, on the whole, I'm probably not as down on the team as the consensus. I mean, all their underlying numbers suggest, you know, they could have easily scored twice as many goals. Uh, 
there is though a shot quality thing. Some of that was racking up number of shots. Like you said, they had 22 shots, I think, against Sweden, but only one point something expected goals. So like their average shot was about half as good as it really ought to be. Um, yeah, just part of it was just not playing super well. You know, there's obviously some tactical and managerial questions from a sub standpoint. Part of it is just like, look, the ball didn't go in. You know, the Dutch scored on their first kind of half chance on a shot that went between a player's legs and didn't have like another shot until the 80th minute or something like that. Sometimes just get soccered. So I think there's some of that. But the U.S. just didn't play well enough on the field or kind of from the managerial perspective to overcome that variance that can easily happen in a game. Feels like they were a team kind of caught in two eras too. Um, and obviously, you know, the they go from, you know, Jill Ellis who wins them, what, two World Cups essentially. And they there was some friction there. I didn't really like her. So they bring right. in the guy that they like and he might not, he seemed a little bit over his head to be honest with you. Some of these managerial, managerial decisions, a lot of people being like, why are you not making any subs? And he was very, you know, reliant, I think on, you know, the old guard, Rapino being in the game at the end there. I, she, I just, you know, clearly she looks pretty past it. Even Alex Morgan, I don't know. I, I again, yeah. I, I, they, I understand. You, sometimes you got to ride the horse that brought you here, but like, there is like a, a younger crop of players that are exciting and maybe don't have the experience, but might be a little bit more hungry, um, or a little bit more dynamic. So I, I, you know, here's the thing too: is like if they had beaten Sweden, I don't know that they go on and beat Japan either. Like I don't, I don't think that this team was going to win it. I just don't. Uh, so you know, whether they go out in the 16, I know a lot of people said, oh, you know, they can't win, right? Either they win it all or they don't win. It's a disaster. No, I think if they had made a semifinal or even a final, that's a great result. I, I, the round of 16 though is obviously pretty yep. disappointing, especially because you know they sh- they really should have probably won that. I know it's a difficult group. I mean, they could have gone out in the group stage, obviously, thanks to the post being the man of the match in their third in their third <laughs> group stage match. Goodness. But uh, you know, I, I don't think like the sky is falling necessarily. It's ob- no. obviously like, you know, every every sort of like, you know, team has their cycles. And this is certainly the end of whatever the, the main one that we've thought of of this team for the last, you know, decade or so. But yeah. um it doesn't mean that they can't have success, you know, in the next two, three or even the next World Cup. No, they should be fine. Well change managers almost certainly. You got the Olympics next year, so that's kind of a quick turnaround. There could be some worry down the road. Like you look at all their Youth Cup, World Cup results. They have not been that great recently. So there could be a little concern about the talent pool down the road. We're not there yet. Like this team is plenty good enough from a talent perspective. Uh, they just, yeah, something's not right about the way they were going about things. Obviously, they're bad in injuries. But so is everyone else. So I don't think it's like you need to blow everything up, but you do need to, you know, just, it's time for a change. Figure out what's next. All right. I know everybody's kind of listening to this. So let's, let's get to the Premier League stuff. Um, all right. I'm here because uh, I think, you know, there's so many, there's so many like weird bets that I kind of like that I want to make that I, but I kind of want to run some of this stuff by you first. Like I've talked <laughs> to I've, I've been, I've been listening and consuming a lot of stuff the last couple of days. And I'm like, man, like, am I, like, I, there's a couple of teams I'm buying in on that I'm like, am I an idiot? Am I crazy? Like, let me know what Paul has to say. But I, I, what I don't think is debatable is that this is probably a two team race for the title here, Paul. I mean, and you, you, some people might not even think it's a race still. I know like yeah. Arsenal obviously last year pushed City to the limit um, and then, you know, had some injuries and sort of fell off a little bit last year at the end of like the last 10 games or so. But the odds for the 2023-24 Premier League title, I'll start here, Man City heavy favorites at minus 140. Arsenal plus 550, which I believe when we did the pod last or one of the last times we did the pod, they were like close to plus 1,000, plus 800 for sure. Mm-hmm. They were up there with Newcastle, so they've gone way, way down. Um, I'm interested to see if you think there's any value there. Liverpool third at plus 650. Man United plus 900. Chelsea plus 1,600. Newcastle plus 1,800. Then you get to Tottenham plus 3,400. And then beyond that, it's you know plus 5,000 or more. So uh, I'll, I'll just say 
first and foremost. I, I don't really find any value in any of these here. I honestly think if you like City, just wait a couple weeks because they'll probably start slow. Um, but is there any, like, is there a flyer that you would take here, Paul? I mean, is, is there enough value there for Arsenal if you like them? I think you can make a case for Arsenal. I don't mind this. So they're the team that has, I guess, the least to do to catch City. They were there five points behind last season. If uh, Saliba stayed healthy the last two, three months, they might have won the title. You know, run a little bit hot, but they might have won the title. You also bring in Declan Rice, you bring in Timber, uh, bring in Havertz, make all your Havertz jokes, but you bring another guy in there. I like that signing. I yeah, do too. I, I, have, I have no issue with it. And it's I don't think money, they're but... playing him at the nine, not like Chelsea was. It sounds like they'll tuck him underneath where he's a little better suited. Uh, so Arteta's kind of made this team better every year. So yeah, I think the case for Arsenal is they're a little bit better. They stay healthy. They're a little bit deeper. You know, you still probably need something to go wrong with City. But Arsenal's poised to do that. Did they do that one out of six times to make plus 550 worthwhile? I think that's pretty reasonable. I, I don't mind Arsenal. Beyond that, I think you just have to squint too much and you need two or three, four things to go right. Uh, big things to go right. So I, I don't mind Arsenal. But yeah, City at minus 140, maybe a little better somewhere else. That's uh, It's hard to argue against that because they're the best, deepest team. Here's the thing. I think you could make the case for the, I I think I made it at the end of last year after the Champions League final when Man City completed the treble. I think there's a case to be made that this there's going to be a city regression, right? Mm-hmm. They lose oh, yeah. Gundogan who goes on a free to Barcelona who's one of their top 3 certainly most important players from last year. Yep. Captain, you could argue, you know, maybe even one at certain points he was the he was kind of the guy that linked the midfield and the attack. Um, you know, obviously they still have De Bruyne and you know yep. potentially you could but, move Foden into that role. They signed um Kovacic from Chelsea who I like but who isn't really the same player. Yeah. He's more of like a, I feel like an eight than he's not as an attacking type player. I think yeah. as as, as Gundogan was. Um, they just signed Joseph Bardiol from uh from from Leipzig, who is you know I think he's the world record basically fee for for a defender. So City buying another <laughs> very expensive yeah. center back. Yeah, who six, knows if six center backs right now that are yeah. All who knows if they stick with that starters. weird you know sort of formation they did last year? What was it the three two four one right? right? Um, so the center back slash eight for Johnstone. Yeah, sort of like the pivot thing. So I don't know. I'm I'm I think there is a case to be made that yeah. like all right, you've won everything right, and like there is just a natural human inclination to. Kind of take your foot off the gas. Absolutely. And that's why I think there's a good chance they could start slow. Obviously, they're going to have to bring in and, and, and develop Vardiol, and he's got to get used to the system. Kovacic as well. Um, you know, Erling Haaland did overexceed his uh, his XG last year, which he does pretty much every year. But like, how is he going to do it to the same level that he did mm-hmm. last year? There are a lot, there are a lot of reasons I think you could buy into a yeah. city regression. But my yeah. issue with the Arsenal thing, Paul, is mm-hmm. Yes, I like a lot of their signings on paper. Like Declan Rice, I don't care what the price is. He's incredible. I like Havertz as an eight, not a nine, right? I think he's he's a midfielder slash like winger attacking player. He's not a false nine slash striker. So I think he'll be fine there. Um, and I, I like Yuri and Timber. Um, they're potentially going to bring David Raya to compete with uh, Ramsdale, who I think he might even be better than Ramsdale. So again, on paper, there's a lot of things there for Arsenal. I'm like, that is a good signing. But that's also having to sort of get these guys up to speed. Like, yeah, are they going to hit yeah. the ground running the same way they did last year? I know everyone's going to joke about this, but Grant Xhaka was an incredible player for them last <laughs> year. He's gone. Um, you know, I, I, obviously, Gabby Jesus is going to be hurt with the knee surgery at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season. Now, I think um, Niketia and, you know, some of the guys that they could put there are still good. Trostar's still around. Balogun, yeah, it sounds like we'll get to him when the U.S. Men's Institute <laughs> stuff transfers later. I, long rant of all I'm saying is I don't think Arsenal, like they hit the ground running last year at mm-hmm. like at 10 out of 10. 
I don't know that you could expect them to do that with all of these new players being worked into the side. As good of a team and as good of a manager as it seems like our yep. is. No, that's absolutely the case against them. And I think it's very reasonable. You know, they basically took care of business against all the bottom half-ish teams last year and then struggled against the top teams. So they need a lot of things to go right. Um, and I agree with you on the City case. Like, the case against City is, look, they scored about 14 more goals than expected last season. Now, some of that is they have really good finishers, and they're going to do that. But that's still even a little higher than you would expect. Uh, they were very healthy. You know, they didn't have to deal with a lot of injuries. You know, what happens this year if, obviously, if Holland gets hurt or De Bruyne gets hurt? Or, you know, you lose one or two of those key attackers this year, uh, and you don't have Mares or Gunawan or whatever to kind of fill that in. Uh, so that's a case against them. The complacency potential issue. Uh, they do, they're going for four in a row. No one's ever won four in a row in England. And that's not for merely Gara. That's like, you know, back to the 1800s. Ever, era. ever. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something. How much that matters, I don't know. Pep has talked about it. So, you know, he, you think it could matter to him. Uh, so that's the case against him. It's injuries. It's complacency. It's, you know, just slight regression. And, but, you know, Arsenal also ran hot. They scored 14, 15 more goals than expected last season. Uh, so it, it's really hard to, because if City's not going to win it, they really need two things to have to happen. Like City has to be bad for whatever reason, relatively. And somebody else has to be good for whatever reason. So it's a tough, tough combo to happen. So I kind of think there's going to be like, I don't, I don't know. Do you think it's going to be those two kind of running away and figuring and just kind of like being in their own category? I kind of don't. I, and I don't know who the other team is. Like, yeah, we'll talk the about the top way. four stuff. Like I, Liverpool is super intriguing to me. I wouldn't mm-hmm. bet them to win the title. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've basically redone their entire midfield, essentially. Mm-hmm. And you could say that that's a good thing because, you know, their midfield was terrible last year or they've lost a lot of experience, which they have in, in Hendo and Fabinho, who have gone off to Saudi Arabia. United, I'm not as high on. I think I still think I think they'll I think four is kind of like where they're are going to be around. I don't I don't think they're I certainly don't think they're a title challenger. Uh, I don't think they're going to be bad. I just don't know how like great everything is going to work out. Chelsea wild card, Newcastle people obviously are hot on. Tottenham is kind of all over the place. So I I I kind of think it's going to be more of a pack of and then you got and obviously you've got Villa who everybody likes Brighton who I'm sure you like because you've been Mr. Brighton the last couple of, of years here. We'll see how, we'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to be these two just running away and hiding like it was last season. Yeah, I don't think it'll be that far. Um, but yeah, it's hard to find. You know, Liverpool again might be better. They McAllister's good, but you said the midfield's in flux completely, mostly in good ways, but we just haven't seen it. The defense is you know still kind of getting old. Van Dijk's obviously not what he once was. You know, again, if I squint, maybe I see Manchester United and, you know, Ten Hag and a, a full season gets this kind of transition game going and the, the guys that came in are going to click, like, maybe, but I, I don't expect that. It's our, you know, Rashford had the season of his life last year and, you know, still didn't get United all that high in the table. Newcastle didn't make a bunch of splashy transfers like we kind of thought they might. Uh, Tottenham, you said Tottenham and Chelsea are just kind of what Tottenham and Chelsea have been the last couple of years, mostly for worse. No Europe, though. You know, like, that's what, true. Yeah, what that's did we the... see the last time Chelsea won the title? They didn't have, right. they finished what, 10th, and then they won the league with Conte because they didn't have Europe. Now, that was, I think, a better team than this one. Oh, but... yeah. They knew what they were doing then. So it's hard, it's hard to see any one of those teams making the jump, but it wouldn't surprise me if, yeah, if like City, you know, like five points clear all season, just kind of hanging there and no one else really makes the leap to push them, or maybe Arsenal does, maybe they don't. It feels like a, a bit more of an open season, at least for the top, you know, second, third place than it was last year. Yeah. All right. Let's do. Let's do. T- so, so I think we both are kind of in agreement there. Like, you know, I don't know that we love any specific bet for the title. You could talk yourself into Arsenal. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't mind the Arsenal bet. 
I won't, I'm not, I won't bet that. I, if I, if anything, like I want to see if city starts off kind of meh and then see if that can get closer to even money, but let's do, let's do a little top four then. Cause okay. we've already talked about some of the other teams that are kind of in the mix for that. And this is where I think, you know, things obviously get really, really interesting. Um, and let me, uh, bring up the odds for that as well. Hold on one sec. Uh, do I have it here? I'll jump okay, here we go. Top four. Yeah, um, just, well, yeah, go and list them. Then I'll go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we'll start here. I mean, and again, you should, you can shop this around. You can get different prices on these things, but just something that I'm looking at here is uh, Man City is minus 3,000, Arsenal minus 275. You got Liverpool minus 200. You've got United minus 133, Newcastle plus 150. Interesting team that obviously finished top four last year. Chelsea plus 125, Tottenham plus 350. You got Brighton plus 600, Aston Villa, everybody's darling plus 1,000. That's probably as low as I'd go, Paul. Anything kind of catch your eye there? I mean, if you want to play, you know, a favorite, I I like Arsenal at minus two hundred. I just think again, it's kind of a safe type of pick. Arteta's got this team, you know, where they are. I don't feel like the floor is that low for them. So, are, are three other teams? You know, we're assuming City's going to make it, but are three other teams really going to be good enough to get past Arsenal? I don't, I don't really think so. Uh, and then if I took a long shot, of course, this is this is my Brighton spot. There you go. Um, sixth place <laughs> last year, underachieved their numbers by about six goals. So, you know, they're nine points off. And that could have flipped fairly easily. Don't expect them to have Caicedo, but this is really just kind of trust the Brighton process. Players leave, coaches leave. They do have to play in Europe this year, so that's uh, a, a bit of a, a struggle, perhaps, as far as squad depth and such. But, you know, I'm not rushing out to play this because, frankly, it's probably going to sit about there for most of the season. That's kind of where it was almost all last season. Uh, even toward the end when they were kind of hanging around, it was still in that range. But if I'm taking one from that, you know, second, third tier, you want to call it non-big six type of team, I would look at Brighton. It's funny after those two, after City and Arsenal, I don't really feel that crazy about anybody. No. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, okay, maybe do I look for obviously teams that are sitting there in the plus money? I mean, Newcastle, uh, you know, obviously they're going to add Champions League football this year, but I still think I still like their team. I mean, the the issue with Newcastle is. You know, they, they signed Sandro Tonali, who I like. I think mm-hmm. they, that was a drastic overpay, though. I think he's yeah. okay. Like, I don't think he is a ceiling raiser. I think he's just a good player. Does he improve their squad? Sure. I do like the Harvey Barnes addition because I think he's better than Allen St. Maximin. I think he just provides a better goal threat. He's a more consistent player. He also plays defense. Um, so <laughs> uh-huh. I think, so I think, I think that was like a, a net positive. You know, the question is like, how bogged down do they get with, you know, the extra competition? And do they have squad? If they also got very lucky last year, they had like no center back injuries. And I think they mm-hmm. are a little thin there. But that's the team I'm looking at. If I'm getting plus money to finish yeah, top four, I, I do kind of like that. The other one that, I, that I'm like, maybe you're going to call me crazy because I'm like, okay, is can I talk myself into what I just talked about before, the Chelsea Tottenham thing of like not having to play in that extra competition. Both of them are out of Europe. So they literally only have to concentrate on the Premier League and obviously whatever the other domestic um, trophies there are, the FA Cup and Carabao Cup. Uh, I kind of like Tottenham. That's a good price. <laughs> a really good plus, price. At plus 350. Uh, and now we're doing this as of news today. I think that, that Bayern Munich turned down, what was it? I think it was pretty close to 100 million euros. Over 100 million for, dollars, yeah. For Harry Kane, which to me seems insane from Tottenham's perspective. It, it really does. It also kind of seems insane from Harry Kane. Like, if I'm Harry Kane, like, can we just figure this out? I would have wanted this solved. Like, either it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. Can we have figured it out a month ago so I could have, so I could yeah. just know what's going to go down? And yeah. it sounds like he wants to move. I would imagine he does, but he doesn't want to be the bad guy, right? He doesn't want to be the guy that leaves like kind of the boyhood club and he doesn't want the fans to turn on, which I don't even think they will. Like he doesn't, what is, don't what, so. they don't owe him anything. 
But I actually like this bet plus 350 either way, whether he's there or not. Because I actually think for Charleston under uh, Postacoglu, who is the new, um, who is the new manager at Spurs, who I like, who plays much mm-hmm. more attacking style. I mm-hmm. actually think for Charleston's a great fit for his system. I think last year was a total just throw it out the door, throw it out the window season for him. It was a disaster. He didn't get along with Antonio Conte. He's a good player, period. And I, I could talk myself into Spurs. Like, it was a disastrous season. They finished with 60 points last year. Like, I, I think there's a, there's a world in which they are competing with the Liverpools, the Uniteds, the Newcastles, certainly the Chelsea's. You think Brighton. Like, I, I would throw their name in that half of plus 350. I think it's reasonable. Um, on the Kane front, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys went through this last year with City also going after him. Um, from It's a tough one because if you're getting $100 million for a 30-year-old striker, I don't know how you can turn that down. I get there's some kind of you know loyalty and, and, and that's the emotional stuff's tough to measure. Uh, but just from, you know, isn't he going to leave next year anyway, you assume? You know, you're not going to resign him next year. So, you know, or maybe they're just saying, hey, we don't think you you want to leave, right? You, we, we think that you'll resign. Where else are you going to go? I mean, it's a big risk to take. I would take it. Yeah. And it does feel like this. they need to sort of turn a new leaf. Like, they, there's this right. a new project. Start over. It's okay. Like, right. you had a good run. Right. You made a Champions League final. Yeah, you didn't win any trophies. Everybody's sad. It's, you're the butt of everybody's joke. But I don't know. I, I just, I think this is kind of the perfect time for everybody to it just is. kind of move on. You got a new manager. There's an easy out in that sense. Like, you know, he, he came, put his time in. Uh, you know, does he fit into the kind of four three three opposed to Cogliano's playing? Maybe, maybe not. You know, it'll be interesting to see how high he stays. Or does he drop back like he did a lot last year? Uh, it's it's really just time to move on. And you know, it's easy to say that from the outside, from kind of an objective standpoint. Yeah. I understand that when you're there, it's it's a harder sort of decision. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a pretty decent price. You know, you're really betting on the manager. And you know, I agree with you that post has just had good success wherever he's been. He's put a system in. It's time for Totten to turn over a new leaf. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty almost an eye-opening price to see a plus three fifty for one of those you know, relatively big six from the last decade or two. So I don't, I don't mind that one. I was, I really just like I, I you kind of talked to me at the Arsenal one because you're right, they're gonna finish, they're gonna finish top four. Like I, I, unless something drastically crazy happens, like right. I, that, I, that seems like a pretty straightforward bet, even if you're you're not getting an incredible price on it. I, but I'm, I'm looking towards just all the ones with plus money, and then I look at Chelsea. Like I don't. Let's just talk about Chelsea for a second. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't think like this book has plus one twenty five. You can get a little bit better other places potentially. Uh, that's not good enough for me. I, I don't dislike. I try to talk myself into Chelsea. The problem is, you know, they're obviously still in the race for Caicedo. There's talk about them potentially potentially getting our board Tyler Adams. Oh boy, which I think you know I'll, I'll save this for later. But <laughs> I think that that is actually kind of intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's just so much uncertainty with, yeah. with, with Chelsea. I, I, yes, I like some of the moves they made. I do like Pochettino. Like, I think he's obviously going to, he knows the Premier League. He's a good manager. Um, you know, I don't worry about what happened at PSG. Like, it's, everybody kind of flames out at PSG. Um, Thomas Tuchel won the Champions League right after getting fired at PSG. So it's fine. Uh, but I, I, that price is just not good enough for me. I, yeah. And I think Chelsea, the issue too is like, the, even if they get Caicedo, I guess that's the reason they're probably in for Tower Adams too. Their midfield is so thin. They're so, they've sold so many guys. I mean, they've got obviously they've got Enzo, who's a fantastic player. They still have Connor Gallagher. They've got the Santos guy right from uh, the the young Brazilian kid. Yep. It doesn't really seem like he's ready to potentially make a top four push in his first year, kind of in in, in you know, a major competition. All right, yeah, you bring in Caicedo, but then again, you bring in Caicedo in late in the window or possibly in the season, like that. He's going to take some time to get acclimated. I I don't. I've talked to some Chelsea fans who are optimistic. I do think they'll score more goals this year. Obviously, I think that Jackson, the, the striker they bought from Spain, is very good uh, as well. And I think Mudrick has looked really good on that left flank um, hmm. after kind of like a weird start to, to last season. 
But I, I can't talk myself into Chelsea. I just can't for that price. No, such, such a mess last year. It's look, if they make it good for them, I'm happy to be wrong. Like, but I, I want no part of that. You know, Conte is gone, and Kovacic is gone, and Havertz and Loftus Cheek. All these players have you know been in and out of the lineup the last couple of years for various reasons. Not there. Uh, and Cuckoo's interesting coming in from Leipzig. You know, fantastic. Player. Like to yep. think, um, yeah, great player. Again, I hope he does well. Uh, there have obviously been a lot of forwards coming into Chelsea in the last few years that have not. From the Bundesliga, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Not, not the best precedent to be setting. Uh, Mount is gone. As, and so many guys just not there. There's so much turnover. New manager. I, I can't put any money on Chelsea just because who knows. And there is just the kind of powder keg behind the scenes with ownership and whatnot that we just don't know what's going to happen. So that, Chelsea's kind of a stay away for me, especially early in the season. I'd be surprised if Nkunku flamed out. I, I think he, I would he's too. so freaking good, man. I, like, and I know I, we said the same thing about Havertz, and we said the same thing about Werner. Yeah. I don't know. He's awesome. He's I, hurt, though, I, now. I was going to so. say, <laughs> I, I'd be surprised if he flames out. I also think Chelsea could flame him out somehow. Exactly. It's, it's, just it's given part of the reason why like, I, I might put be worried with kind of, kind of the Lukaku thing. Same thing, you know. Did well, he yes, out it's kind of why I'm worried or, about Tower Adams. Like, do we really want to go and put yourself in this situation? We'll yep. talk about that in a bit. But yeah, yep. yeah, totally uh, agree. But again, if they finish top four, like, am I going to be like blown away? No, no. Yeah. And I, and again, I like a lot of the moves that they've made. But I just, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I don't think that price is good. I want enough, no so part I stay of away. Yep. A couple other interesting ones here. This is to not finish top four. Okay. Okay. Um, and because I think this is this is like one of my I think sort of favorite bets. I think Liverpool. Is uh is a weird team because I think uh-huh. a lot a lot of the books have them the third likely the third likeliest I guess to finish yeah. in the top four right or yeah. to finish third yeah the number three across the board basically and I understand that like you're betting on Jurgen Klopp still a fantastic manager they had like one weird season last year where there was a lot of you know the aging squad you know there's some injuries mm-hmm. they were trying to work some different things out and they did make some good sign like Alexis McAllister from Brighton fantastic player incredible deal as well i think they got him for like 35 mil which is just nothing for a player of his cal- uh, caliber um Sazbozai, i think cuz i'm pronouncing his name, name correctly he's the hungarian like you know midfielder as well who's been on a lot of people's radar for a while they spent a, a lot of cash on him he's very good they're trying to get lavia right from uh, from southampton, southampton which they yep. they keep not matching the 50 million price <laughs> tag i like all of these players okay but and they've obviously got Curtis Jones, who's still one of their younger guys, who's still there in the midfield. But you lost Fabinho, you lost Henderson, um, you know, you lost Nabi Kate, obviously who doesn't matter, and like a couple other just of those guys yeah, that sort of like Kate, were there. Was Milner, Milner, like, right to to Brighton. Yeah, a lot of a lot of depth pieces. But can you just expect these new signings, especially a couple one in Sazbalai from coming out of the league? Can you just expect them to hit the ground running and be fine? Like I just I just think so. If you get Liverpool to not finish top four at plus one fifty. I, I kind of, I, I don't know. I, can, I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool finished third, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they finished sixth. Yeah, it's a pretty fine line. I mean, we're, again, we're assuming, we assume City and Arsenal are the givens in the top four. You've got those you know, half dozen teams, basically, for the other two spots, and they're all kind of in a bag together. Like, wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't be shocking at all if, you know, whatever, United and Chelsea, United and Tottenham jump Liverpool, and they're in fifth. You know, it, I mean, it could easily just come down to those last few games of the season. Who's playing whom? Who has anything to play for? That kind of thing wouldn't surprise me. And and again, still some defensive questions for Liverpool. You know, they struggled so much at times last year defensively that I'm not sure they've done a whole lot to shore that up. I, they're trying to do it kind of in the midfield first. We'll see if that works. But yeah, just lots of question marks around them as well. Paul, do you like just a simple question? Do you think Newcastle is? Do you think Liverpool is better than Newcastle? Uh. I mean, I guess no is the answer. 
only because Newcastle hasn't changed quite as much. I, I would say Liverpool's ceiling is higher, but their floor might be lower. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I, I was trying to look for, because I was on the like Newcastle zag, like, oh, they're, you know, they're in, they're in Europe, like they're going to, you know, it's yeah. just not going to work out for them. But I, I, I like some of the moves that they've made. And I think, I don't know, I think, I think people are looking for the regression in them, but I don't know that it's necessarily going to be there. They're just a solid squad. Like they have, like, Isak is fantastic. And he, mm-hmm. you know, was kind of in and out last year. And then they obviously have a good backup in Wilson, as I mentioned, Harvey Barnes. So I, I, I would say, I think it's at least even Newcastle might have a slight edge there. Um, you know, the other one that you mentioned was United. United not to finish top four is even odds. I actually don't hate that either because I think United, I don't know. I just, I don't, I think their ceiling is not that high. I think their, I think their ceiling is like maybe third, probably fourth. So if you're saying that and they have a couple things go wrong, especially with bringing in some right. new guys, if Casemiro gets hurt, God, for, God forbid, like, I don't know what, yeah. they might finish seventh. I don't yep. even, you know what I mean? So I actually think United not to finish top four even money is a decent bet, even though I think they're they're probably going to finish around fourth. But like if I'm getting even money for one thing to go wrong on them, which I think it very easily could, um, and like I like the signing in Hoyland, but I think he's you know he's not he I watched a lot of Serie A last year. He's a very you know talented player, but is he ready to like be to lead the line for Manchester United, like you know a team that's obviously has massive aspirations? I'm not sure. And Casemiro's 31. He's not a you know this is not a 26 year old they signed for a ton of money last year, so. Yeah, his health. I mean, we saw it last year when he got uh, we got, got suspended, I think, for a red card toward the end of the season, and they were kind of a mess for mm-hmm. the, a few weeks without him. Like that's that's the big. There's probably a case. Haven't thought this through, but there's probably a case he might be the most valuable player on any team in that top those top six teams in that sense. Most important, not not the best, but just the guy that you can least afford to lose because he means so much holding that whole United midfield and defense together. What are the best? So let's as we move out of like top four, because I think we've talked about most of the the candidates in there. Um, I think the, the teams that we haven't really talked about is Aston Villa, who have made a lot of nice signings. I I don't I don't see it. I I don't see. I think they're going to finish around nine, ten, uh, nine uh, seven, eight, or nine probably. Like I think it's probably where they're going to be. They obviously finished seventh last year. I like some of the signings. Pau Torres, although he's he's like a defender who doesn't defend. So I'm interested to see how that <laughs> actually works in the in the Premier League. Um, Tielemans is good signing, but obviously on the older side, they signed uh, Musa Diaby from. Uh, from Germany as well, from mm-hmm. from Leverkusen, Leverkusen, who's a, a electric pace. But you know, again, it, it t- it's going to take time to get acclimated. I don't think they're like pushing for top four this year by any chance. But I think they're fine. Yeah, they ran really hot. They played well and ran hot toward the end of last year, so probably you know ended up with a handful more points than they could have should have. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat. I don't see them quite as a top four team. Could they hang around on the? Could it be like last year? Kind of they hang around on the fringes for a good chunk of the season? Sure. I, I don't think they quite have enough to make a jump in, and they just have you know there's whatever five teams ahead of them and they got to jump you know four of them essentially to get in the top four assuming again city arsenal or the givens uh, that's a lot that has to go right for you yeah and you know the other thing you mentioned that they kind of benefited last year like i felt like they played a lot of team they they they, they bring in obviously um why am i blanking on his name uh, unai emery like mm-hmm. sort of like you know mid later in the season and they turned around and they i think they played a lot of teams that just kind of didn't have anything going for them and they're you know it felt like the end of last year like they just cared more than a lot of the teams that they were playing yeah um and you know they picked up a lot of points and they they skyrocketed at the table good for them because they were kind of in the relegation zone you know early on right but which, i don't know that that's who they are i think that's who they want to be i don't know that's who they are at least next year yep yeah i'd be a little surprised too. they ran hot i mean plus seven about seven expected goal difference better than they could than their underlying numbers were so that's just kind of a Again, Not quite Fulham territory, no. but yeah, we're getting there. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll, get to the, we'll get to them in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, other other bets because I've I've got a couple here. Like, let's just talk about some of the other potential top half teams before we do the relegation. 
Uh, this goes off of my Spurs top four bet. I, Spurs to finish top six is plus one fifteen, so you're still getting plus money on that. I, I think it's I think that's reasonable if they're you know yeah, to, to, yeah. you know getting plus money. Your boys Brighton to finish uh, top six is plus one seventy five. Yep. Um, I know you had a top. I know you had a top half bet. What's your top half? Uh, bet? I like Brentford plus two hundred. Me too. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. Let's just start with the very odds. They finished ninth last season. So, and they're eighth and expect the goal difference. So, the and numbers, there are a lot of bad teams. Like there are a ton of bad teams. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. You start once you get past that, you're like, well, they stink and they're not that good. And they overachieve. Um, I mean, so nobody. Here's some underlying numbers. No one took better shots than Brentford last season. Meaning the average expected goals, or if you just want to do distance from goal, that was the shortest. Uh, no one gave up worse shots, which just speaks, I think, to the Brentford way that they've done things. I mean, they've only been in the league for what? This is their third year, I think, fourth year in the Premier League. Uh, the biggest question, though, is Evan Tony's not there for the first half of the yep. season, at least. Suspended for violating the betting rules. Uh, if he comes back, supposed to come back in January, but you know who knows what he's going to be like. So that's the question. Who scores goals? Maybe the, the German kid they got, Kevin Schade, develops. Uh, but I think the defense is solid. You got Ben Lee, you got Ethan Pinnock there in the defense. So I just think they're a, a solid team. And, you know, are they, they're not going to like push for top four, I don't think. But they're just going to like sit in eighth place all season and be fine. So plus 200 for them in the top half. I like that a lot. It feels like there's like a group uh, at the top of the table, you know, obviously like the Arsenal and City we talked about, but like including, you know, City, uh, United, Liverpool, like that whole group. There's like a group of six or seven teams, including sending down to Brighton, uh, maybe even Villa if eight. And then there's just like Brentford are just like kind of in their own tier in the middle of the table. Yeah. I feel like I don't think, and you're right, like nine. I think ninth is like totally reasonable for them. And then like, 10th like they could finish ninth or 10th like I don't think that's that insane you mentioned the Tony thing obviously the major sort of elephant in the room but they did that like Wissa's there um and Bueno's very good like I they they and they had it they were without him for stretches last year and were kind of fine you said it it's the Brentford way it's not quite the Patriot way but it's it's yeah. the, the Brentford way like I trust I trust right. Frank and I t- and I trust um kind of the system of what yes. they do Exactly. And they've made a couple of good signings obviously they're going to potentially lose David Raya but they've known that they bring in the the the, the guy from the Bundesliga to kind of cover up there who people seem to, to, to rate pretty highly. I, I think, again, we'll get to the relegation in just a second. I just think this speaks more about how bad some of the teams in the bottom half are and how much I just trust them to not be terrible. Yep, I agree. And so, they have Romeo Beckham now. That's right. There and you go. Probably on the B team, but hey, it'll be a, that'll be a huge story, just in England, especially if, if once he shows up, and et cetera. What's his level? Do we know? Is he any good? I have no or idea. Or is it just like, a, hey, you're David Beckham, so I mean, put you in. I, I, I've not seen him at all. If Brentford signs him, like, yeah, to right. me, that says that's good. You know, it's just kind of like, well, a smart team is interested in you. You're only 20 years old, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You never know. Who knows? He could be making his debut this year. That'd be fun. Um, and his dad is doing big things with, uh, with Lionel right. Messi just scoring braces night after night yeah. in, in the MLS, which yeah. is, the League's Cup has been awesome. It's been fantastic. We'll do that in another pod. Um, all right, let's get to the relegation part because this is, this is like legitimately my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> this is a bloodbath. This is incredible because, and not just because I'm an Everton fan. I've been in it the last three years. I actually think Everton are going to be okay, uh, despite not signing a. Well, they're going to sign a striker. It sounds like this guy from Sporting's going to come in, but he's pretty raw. Um, but I, I think with Deitch, they'll be okay. But I, I, how many, how many teams, Paul? If I just give you like the table right now, like how many teams do you think legitimately could get? Because the, the, the crazy thing about asking you this question is that no, none of us would have said Leicester last year and they went down, right? right? Um, so may, maybe it's even more, which kind of I guess maybe proves my point. But how many teams do you legitimately think could be in a relegation battle this year? Ten. I think you're right. Eight, I mean, eight at the least, at the very least eight. And then what you want to do with Palace and West Ham, 
you know, I, I, we could quibble over. But I think, oh, I I think, think Palace are definitely in there. I, yeah. I actually love I I'll just start off right here, Paul. Okay. I, plus 600. I love it. I love it because I think I had them. I think I might have had them in the relegation zone last year. Mm-hmm. And they were bad for most of the oh, year. They, and then they they couldn't score. They were a, just a horrific watch under uh, under Vieira. They make the change back to Roy Hodgson. If they lose Elise, obviously, I, I think Elise potentially is going to be a way bigger loss than like, people pointed to Zaha leaving. Zaha's, you know, I know he's a he's a big name and he's still fine, but he's, he's you know, Elise is, is fantastic. If he goes to Chelsea, who the hell is scoring goals for Crystal Palace? They already had trouble scoring last year. Yeah, they, yeah, and they right. haven't brought in anybody. And they're okay defensively but i i plus 600 i love palace plus 600 yeah. to potentially go down i think that's a fantastic yeah, yeah you're, you're talking to me that one too um i think my favorite is wolves at plus 300 yeah um uh, because Bad vibes. i mean it's almost they're, they're, the same they're, they're the worst vibes maybe in the league right now i mean there is a giant case for the wheels fall off but pedigree's gone a month into the season and it's just one of those everything goes wrong seasons. and look last year dead last in goals Dead last in expected goals. Their big signing this offseason so far has been Matt Doherty. You know, you should bring him back a 30-something old, right yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, it was flamed out of two different places, yeah. Uh, Jose Saw might go. He wasn't that good last year, but he was great the year before. Yeah. Uh, Raul Jimenez is gone. Obviously, Ruben Neves is gone. I mean, you have Sarabia in the midfield, and then I don't know what else. This just has utter disaster. Like, I mean, they could be like a relegation favorite a month from now. It could, it could I, go bad that fast for them. I totally, totally, totally agree. I have like maybe three to four bets that I like in the row. Let me just give you, just get, we've got a little ahead of ourselves here. Let me give you the odds <laughs> here. Um, we just got a little too excited. So this, excited. This is, for- we just love losing. <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Luton Town, which we'll get to in a bit, uh, are just heavy favorites at minus 270. Sheffield, minus 160. Bournemouth, which is a little surprising, plus oh, 220, right. uh, one of the favorites to go down. Uh, Nottingham Forest, plus 230. Then your your boys Wolves plus two forty, which I think that tells you everything you need to know. They're they're right down there. Uh, Everton plus two eighty. Burnley, we'll get to them as well. Plus three forty. Fulham plus three forty. My boys Crystal Palace plus six hundred. Then you got West Ham plus seven hundred. You never know. And then you know that's you know then you get into like Brentford and Brighton. So that's one two three four five six seven eight nine. That is legitimately ten teams if you include West Ham, which I don't think so. I think there's a little Ewing theory with them where they actually yeah. they're not going to sign anybody and like oh, Moyes will just yeah. Moyes his way into like being like a twelfth. But I think were, there's legitimately ten teams that can go down. West Ham was down kind of in the relegation zone all season, but they were just they drastically underachieved uh, their numbers. Like they were at a goal difference of minus thirteen, and it should have been much closer to even. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot of bad luck. As it seems, as far as West Ham goes, they were always in the relegation zone, but not really. So, yeah, I just kind of assume they're going to right the ship of sorts and keep things together. Let's take it by odds then. Luton Town, any chance they stay up? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> he tries people to convince ta- himself. Oh, people I are guess- talking Derby County, like 11 points in what was that, se- uh, the 07 uh, team. I don't uh, think yeah. it's going to be that. I think they're uh, going to be all right. They're just, they're, but it's going to be too much. Yeah, it's really hard to see. I mean, as much as it would be such a great story, you know, they picked up a few guys, but the, the talent just doesn't seem to be there yet. Um, then you've got Sheffield, who I think so. Sheffield is like a a kind of like a, a sneaky, like they're definitely going down team now that they've lost like the Indaye to to Marseille, who was mm-hmm. basically their best player last year. And you know, they they had a lot of guys on loan. I, I think you know, again, minus one sixty, like there's really no value there. But I, I do think that there's a good chance they go down. Um, Bournemouth's a weird one. Because yeah. they're there right now uh, on FanDuel plus two twenty, they are the third favorite to go down, and I honestly don't know that that's right. Yeah, I kind of like Iraola in there. 
you know, I mean, he came from Rio where he did really good things and got them promoted and got them to the Copa semis. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of like Brighton to stay up. And I'm not saying go bet it, but yeah, I, I don't feel like, I feel like they're a reasonable uh, case to progress, just get better because they were so bad last year. They really should have been relegated. But with the new manager, who I think, you know, he's one of the hot young things of sorts. So maybe I'm kind of falling for the shiny new object, but I mm-hmm. think they're in a decent spot to survive. There's so many other candidates to be terrible also. Yeah, again, maybe the odds aren't as spectacular. Then you've got Nottingham Forest, who I I don't really know what to make of them. Like, I think that they they stayed up last year. They bought a bunch of new players. The argument would be, all right, you know, like, it's another year in the system, right? Like, they're a little bit more familiar. Can't be worse. You could talk me into that. Potentially Matt Turner coming in to save the day. That's Um, right. So, you know, who knows? But plus 230, I don't know that I necessarily love that. And then you get into Wolves. I think... I honestly wish, I just wish Wolves, I, I wish I got Wolves a little earlier because I feel like th- th- yeah. this is like you're buying sort of low on them. I mean, I got them, you can still find around plus 300 if you, if you shop around a little bit, which I think is, is much better. But like I said, it's just the potential for everything to go wrong. Everton plus 280. So <laughs> the floor is yours. La- well, no, la- last year, I think I was like, you should, I think it was higher. Though. I want to say it was like closer to maybe it was over three plus 300 something. And that was when, you know, they still had Frank Lampard. The signings were kind of a mess. Like, you know, we still didn't, weren't sure if Calvert-Lewin was going to be healthy. Spoiler, he wasn't healthy last year. I just think the Sean Dyche factor changes all of this. I mm-hmm. think Sean Dyche, we talk about the Brentford system. Like, it's not it's, it's not the Brentford system. It's the Sean Dyche system. It's it's like there are levels to this. If, if, if the Brentford system is an A, the Sean Dyche system is like a C. But at least they have a plan. And I do think they signed Dan Yuma uh, mm-hmm. on loan, who I think is a nice player, who they tried to basically yeah. sign on loan in uh, in January right, of last time. year before he got poached by Spurs. I actually don't blame him for doing that because Everton were a disaster. Um, and, you know, I, I I just think that, like, another year under Deitch, they lose Yerry Mina, who they let, they let go for a free, who was constantly injured, who was their best center back. I'm a little bit worried about that. Seamus Coleman's back another year older. Yes, I'm worried, but I just, th- I don't think, I think there are going to be three teams worse than them again this year. And I actually think they might be fine. If they get any luck, if they get any luck in Calvert Lewin stays healthy, I think they're like close to a mid table team. So yeah. I actually am not that high on Everton going down. Uh, under Deitch last year, they averaged over a point per game, would have come to, I think, 44 points over the course of the season, which doesn't sound that much, but they would have been 12th last season yep. as far as points go. So that's, that's just kind of the, the mess that's at the bottom. You know, 40 is always kind of the number. I think only a couple teams have ever been relegated with 40 points in the current system but it's it's a little bit lower than that just given how mediocre at best the bottom half bottom third is next so, one this yeah. is this is a fascinating one no that that's that's pretty much all i had on everton i just i think you know again it, we could be here week match day 36 and you know they've got to get a win oh, yeah. to get out of the bottom three and oh, yeah. i wouldn't be surprised but i yeah. i think I don't know. I think I think they've sort of like they've got some people in the building who I think are a little bit smarter. Some of the board members have left, and yeah, that hasn't necessarily changed on the pitch stuff. But the vibe around the club, I think, is a little bit better and at least a little bit more organized. So I don't know. At least that's what I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Next one here, we got Burnley at plus three forty. This is wild to me. Um, I wouldn't even. You could talk me into taking a flyer on Burnley because I think everyone's like really, really high on them. But what? Because they lit up the championship last year, 100 mm-hmm. points. They were incredible. They were this offensive show, which is the exact opposite of like they're they are the definition of their, this is not your dad's Burnley, right, or your grandfather's Burnley. Like this is a new version um, under Vincent Company. They play an attacking style. Couple things though. One, what have we seen with these teams that just light up the championship? Okay, Fulham, we've seen it with years. Norwich. Yep. Full, yeah, these teams typically go back down because they cannot play that style in the Premier League. So that's the, that's going to be the question: is are, can they kind of buck the trend? and play the way they want to. Now, the other thing, I, the argument, I guess, against that, Paul, would be 
yeah, they'll get blasted by the big six clubs or the, you know the, some of the top half clubs, but they'll be able to do that against some of the bad clubs in the bottom half of the table. I, I can buy that. But they've also lost some guys that they had on loan, uh, potentially, uh, specifically, you know, some guys from Chelsea and City. So I, I don't I don't know. Like, I want to believe in them, but I think this is a little bit too like People are a little bit too high, I think, on Burnley. This isn't quite a Wolves thing where they're going to come in, what was that, five years ago or something and finish seventh after yeah. winning the championship. When I was first looking at these odds a couple weeks ago, you know, just looking at go through my head, like, all right, who's who are the new teams? And obviously you get uh you get Luton Town down at the bottom and you run into the new teams right away. And but I was trying to like who's that who's and Sheffield United, who's the other newly promoted team? And I'm looking like it's Burnley and it's all the way up there. You kind of forget they're newly promoted because they've been there recently. But that's that is a wild price on a newly promoted team. And the numbers historically show uh, a good defense in the championship translates more to first-year Premier League success than good offense for basically those exact reasons because you, you don't have as much of the ball. It's all the things you would generally expect. You don't have the ball. You're playing better teams. The offense just can't run the same way it did before. So, I mean, 340 is... I, I, again, I don't necessarily think that Burnley is going down, but that's just that's a pretty good price for a team that hasn't been there. Uh, Vincent Company's their manager who everybody likes and you think would do well, but hasn't managed in the Premier League. So not sure how that's going to go. Uh, it's, I mean, betting on a newly promoted team at plus 340, I think is always going to give you some good value. Another one that's a little bit surprising, but maybe shouldn't be surprising at plus 340 is Fulham. Yeah. Now, we've talked you know, extensively about how crazy their overperformance was last year. Yep. And then you couple that with this offseason, which hasn't been awesome. Nope. Um, because basically, you said Casemiro might be the most important player or his team in the entire Premier League. You could argue that Alexander Mitrovic mm-hmm. is is that is in that territory could too, be. their yeah. striker, who apparently got an offer from the Saudi Arabian League and wanted to leave. And Fulham were like, well, that's cool. We're not, we're not selling you. Like Again, you're our most important player. Like, we're not going to do that, which created some strife. They're not on the same page. He says he's never playing for the club again. If that's true, and they brought they bring in Raul Ra- Jimenez as as like their striker, which right. man, as much as I want that guy to succeed after the injury and stuff, I, yeah. I just I'm not betting on that. It's and a great move got, for only five million dollars or pounds, whatever it was. But yeah. is it like I don't even know I if he has so. anything left in the tank? I, I, I don't know. I think it's a good move. I'm not saying I'm just saying for that price. You know, if they pay ten or fifteen, yeah. forget it. But for five, for you know, a guy who has been a good striker. I think I think it's worth it. It's a reasonable move, but you also hope you're not relying on him to score 15 goals. I mean, if they are, they're going down. So right. I, I I I genuinely I I think I like for that price. If you're going to say you can yeah. offer if if you offer Burnley or Fulham, who has a better chance of going down? I think Fulham has disaster potential written all. They over. do. Um, and I guess the full disclosure before talk about this. So True Media, the company I work for, is owned by the Cons, Tony Khan, okay. who owns Fulham. So, but I don't have any inside information. We don't deal with the club, anything like that. But just saying that out there. More to say that I'm kind of emotionally invested in this team between, you know, just the professional interests and full America as it has been for you know 15 years, and Reem and Robinson still there. Uh, but I, I, so I'm kind of worried. Yeah, Mitrovic might leave. I mean, Saudi Arabia is coming after Marco Silva too. Apparently, mm-hmm. throwing a lot of money at him. And we think he's going to stay, but who knows? Uh, Jao Paulinho dislocated his shoulder. He might leave too. That's a problem. Tim Reem's coming back for broken arm one of their better players last year, even though the defense wasn't great. Uh, and here are the numbers that we're talking about. So Fulham's, ex- Fulham's goal difference last year was plus two. Their expected goal difference was minus 18, meaning they overachieved by about 20 goals. That's insane. Which was by far the most in the league. And most of that was early in the season when they ran hot and piled up points and they just kind of sailed the rest of the way 
into yeah. safety, which is you know obviously nice for Fulham fans and the club and true media in some ways. Uh, but it does it does scare me. Yeah, I, I see the wheels falling off potential here too. I'm not putting a bet on this because you know it's kind of, there's emotional interest involved, but it is a uh, the potential is there. Like it just looks weird to see them that low, considering you know they finished in the top half last year. But you know, it just shows you know the books aren't trusting the underlying numbers any more than I think I do. I'm rooting for. I, I like for, for the record. I like Fulham. I think right. they're cool kids. I like Craven Cottage. Um, obviously the American connection. I'm not rooting for this. I just think, yeah, this is. Yeah. I I would be a little bit afraid. This is me in the fetal position under the desk, like being concerned that this yeah. might happen because I think it's a a realistic shot. So, you know, you want to fade Fulham and send them down. I think that's a pretty reasonable price. Yeah, it feels like Fulham and Wolves are like that that dog in the burning house beam being like everything it's is the fine. Lester, kind of yeah. Lester from last year where maybe they're not even that bad, but everything just goes wrong on the field and you throw in the potential of off the field stuff going wrong or players leaving. And yeah, it's uh this is fine as everything burns down. All right, next up is Crystal Palace. I've already kind of given my spiel on them. I I, yep. I, I will be betting Crystal Palace at plus 600 to, to go down because I think the value is there because I think, again, that's they're in the mix with the Ozo. I think they're in the Fulham Wolves mix uh, potentially, and I think that price is too good to pass up. And then West Ham at plus 700, like I said, I don't think we think they're going down. Nah. But I, I again, I, I could see them. I could see Moyes because he's like a guy who just works well with like, you know, broken parts or pieces or like right. when the team is doubted. I think they'll be fine. I, I, I you know, I don't well, think if it was higher than that, maybe I would take a flyer, but I don't I don't think because obviously they they have the European competition, they lose their best player. There's definitely reasons there to yeah. be like there's they should be concerned, no signings as well. Um so to your but point, I, I, you, I don't I don't buy it. You have all the broken pieces and you're just kind of cobbling together, like your margin for error is just smaller. So when kind of everything goes wrong for a month or two, like it did last year from a you know a goals versus expected goal standpoint, suddenly you're in the relegation zone, even if you maybe shouldn't be. So yeah, I think they'll be fine. But you know, if everything goes wrong, you never know. Yeah. All right. Golden boot race. None of neither <laughs> of us are like really big golden boot race betters. This I this I nicknamed the if Erling Haaland gets hurt. That's uh, absolutely bet. <laughs> so uh, I'll just I'll just lay it out here. And, and I mean, there's the long shots are probably the ones you want to go after. But like at least the guys at the top. Uh, Erling Haaland is minus one sixty. Harry Kane plus eight fifty, which tells you just how insane that gap is. Um, That's nuts. Mo- it is, especially for a guy what Kane who scored thirty goals last year. Um, Mo Salah plus a thousand, Darwin Nunez plus eighteen hundred, Marcus Rashford plus twenty three hundred, Isak at Newcastle, who I really like. I think a lot of people really like plus twenty nine hundred. You got Kunku at plus twenty nine hundred, Hoyland, uh, the new Manchester United signing plus twenty nine hundred. Then you get Ollie Watkins, Evan Ferguson, like you're north of you know thirty four hundred there. Gabby Jesus, interestingly enough, he's hurt at the beginning of the season plus forty four hundred. Yeah. But uh, Saka plus five thousand. Uh, our guy Mitrovic plus five thousand. I, I. I will not be betting on any golden boot race bets. Just to, just to, just to, I'll put that out there. I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't really particularly like it. Both of us were a little bit wrong on Holland last year um, and how much he would just like come and, and dominate the league. But I, I don't have a lean here, Paul. Is anything kind of interesting that stands out to you though? So I was going to bet. So Gabriel Jesus was in the like plus 1800 range before his injury. And I liked that there. If, but yeah, obviously not now, even at the plus what 4,400 it was. Yeah. Um, so I'll throw a couple possibilities out there. I, Darwin Nunez at plus eighteen hundred. You know, obviously, the question is: Is he going to be the guy all season? You know, he doesn't do a whole lot except get in the box and score goals, which is obviously very valuable. Um, but he doesn't take penalties. You know, Howard Jota and Luis Diaz going to be assuming they're healthy. How's that all going to play together? So, you know, I could make a case for that, but I don't think I will. Um, the one, so I played one of these. I played uh, Saka at plus five thousand. 
here's, here's penalties. Yeah, probably takes penalties. Took three last year. There's the Jorginho factor, but Jorginho looks like he might be on the way out. Uh, does Saka have another gear? He had 14 goals last season. You know, if he kind of just steps it up, takes that one big step, you're obviously closer to 20. You have thrown a few penalties. That's kind of the case for him, is that he's still young. He's got another gear. He can tack, you know, another half dozen goals onto what he did last year. Arsenal's going to be a good team. He takes penalties. But that's the case. It's 5,000 to 1. So you're obviously taking a flyer. But I, I thought this was the one kind of long shot price I kind of liked. I don't hate it. Right. I don't know that I tell you on it, but I get the, I get the logic yeah. behind it. The, the Nunes one is interesting because the, the, issue, the issue is it's, it's like you need a team that has a high volume of, of offensive chances and scoring, right? So that's your right. Liverpools, that's your Arsenals, that's yeah. obviously your cities. The um, only non-top, the traditional big six, the only, since 2000, the only non, but the only guy from another one of those teams to win the Golden Boot is Jamie Vardy. It's happened once. Mm-hmm. So you need one of those guys, you need someone who takes penalties. Issue with Nunes is there's just like you said, you, you named all the guys. Like, obviously, he's got Sal on his own team. Gakpo yeah. is around. Jota potentially yeah. healthy. I, and Nunes, he's very wasteful. So if maybe he all of a sudden becomes incredibly clinical and he's just this incredible, you know, version of whatever idealized version of himself. He's talented. I just don't know. I don't know that that price is good enough. I don't, yeah. I just don't know that 1800 is good enough. Rashford, I like it less the more I talk about it. And then just you look at the list. Salah is number three. Salah's yeah, going to take yeah. the penalties. So. And the, he's still fine. Although he got an offer on from Saudi Arabia, just, apparently. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? The play on Nunez is basically everyone's just going to, you know, bang goals off his head, essentially. He's going to be standing in the box. Everyone's going to. Yeah, he's one of the freakiest out athletes outside of Erling Holland in the league, really. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I just don't know that he's refined enough to, for me to buy in yet. Marcus Rashford's interesting. Like, if, if United, you know, the, what's the best case scenario for Manchester United? Like, they don't, I don't think Hoyland is ready to, like, lead the line. And Marcus Rashford obviously carried that team in goals at, at portions of last year. Yeah. So if you're saying, hey, United, like, they have a great season, they finish, like, second or third. And they maybe make a title push, which you know I think is a little bit unrealistic. Yeah. Like, what does that look like? That's Marcus Rafford scoring right. a shit ton of goals. There's, so maybe he's the he's the guy. I don't, but again, twenty three hundred is that high enough? The problem with him is like, he doesn't take penalties because Bruno Fernandez is taking yep. those. He also had you know, like I said, the season of his life last year. I think he had thirty goals in all comps, but only seventeen in the Premier League. Yeah. So, like, can he be better than that as on on the wing where he's going to play? It seems unlikely. Again, you're getting down this range where you can kind of make a case for everybody, but nobody's very appealing. If Holland gets hurt, you take a flyer on Julian Alvarez. <laughs> it's not bad. I mean, someone's gonna someone's gonna score twenty goals for them one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've seen her. I've heard people talk themselves into potentially Isak at twenty nine hundred. I, I don't know. I, yeah, maybe. I don't hate that. I, I, I won't bet it, but I, I would understand the logic. I, I, again, I'm not going to probably be betting on any of the Golden Boot winners, no. but we're just talking this out as an exercise. Yeah. I had Saka, like I said, but again, it's fifty to one. So you know, it's obviously it's fifty to one for a reason. All right, let's do this before we get to the U.S. transfers. Um, why don't we do? Why don't we just do? Put, we'll put it out there. Let's do a, a, a champion, top four, and three relegation teams. So I'll start with you. Who's your champion? Okay, I mean, are we doing this straight up? Or are we playing the odds here? Let's just do it straight up because I think we've given all our bets. I mean, up, but it's straight just, up, just to throw something on paper. Yeah, straight up. There's can't possibly go against City. I mean, yeah, best team, deepest team. Things could go wrong, but things also have to go right for somebody else. I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the same. There's really not much else to add. Who are the rest? Who rounds out your top four? Um, so I'm putting City and Arsenal in the top four. I'm gonna say Man United. I just kind of think Ten Hag has something figured out and is gonna pull that off. And I don't know. I've been wrestling over this last one. I mean, Liverpool is obviously the short shot of, among the others, but it's so chalky just to go with those four. So I kind of feel bad about it. But I think that's where I've landed here: City, Arsenal, United, 
Newcastle before. I hate it because I wrote down the same thing, even yeah. though I just talked about how I think Newcastle is better right. than Liverpool, or you could make a case for it. I'm going to swap out New... Wow, but that's the same exact order, like, basically, of last year. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that either. I know. I, know. I just... I, it's, I hate this exercise. Like, I, you know, this is why it's so much more interesting kind of to talk about it as a betting thing. But I do want... I think it's fun to just at least put a prediction down. City Arsenal 1-2. I'll go... Oof. I'll go... How about this? I'll go... Newcastle. No, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna go United and then Liverpool, even though I just, I, even though earlier in the pod I talked myself out of that. Yeah, we're boring. Sorry. This is the more fun part. Who goes oh, down? Gosh. Three teams. I'm throwing darts. I'm mean, really. Um. So I'm just gonna stick with Luton. I'm going to stick with Wolves. And I don't. I've gone back and forth on some, like again, any team from the bottom half uh, for this. I want to say Burnley. Burnley? We'll go with Burnley. Interesting. Just, wow. Let's, let's get like weird. It. Sheffield like United survives somehow, so we'll go Luton, Wolves, and Burnley. Luton, Bottom, Wolves, Burnley. Interesting. Okay. I So this is where we're definitely going to be different. I actually have Sheffield Bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, obviously they lost their best player. And right. uh, they, you know, I think they bought they bought um, a different Adama Traore, who, you know, again, it's just like one of those things like, can you, can you hit the ground running in a relegation fight? Who knows? Um, and they've also had some guys on loan last year that they don't have back. Uh, our, our guy Austin Trusty, like I don't know that he's coming in to save the day here. Whatever. I think I think Sheffield sneaky to finish bottom is is a decent uh, is a decent shout. I've got Luton <laughs> second to bottom, so basically one of those two is going down, yeah. uh, or probably both of them in whatever order. And then it, for me, it's like, what's the third team? Uh, I think it's Wolves. I think I think they're I think Wolves is the ultimate bad vibes team right now because you know Neves is gone. We didn't even talk about that. You know, they signed uh, Cunha for uh, 50 mil, who they had a little bit last year. I don't think he's even that great. That's right. an insane price for someone like him. A lot of their transfers have sort of flamed out. Um, Lopetegui has basically kind of said, I don't expect much more to come in the market. Like, it just doesn't seem, it seems like one of those things where, like, the owners maybe given up on the situation mm-hmm. a little bit too. I do not like it at all. I like them to finish third, and I like the value of them at plus, uh, what was it, plus 240. Plus 240, yeah, shop riding. Plus so, probably. so Luton bot- or so Sheffield bottom, Luton second bottom, and then uh, rounded out with Wolves. Right. So two of the top, two of the three the same. So There you go. All right, all, let's, all uh, let's uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be wrong, so you know, you fade us, it, it is what it is. But uh, I, I really don't like my top four. I, I, I want to just say, yeah, I I, before the season, I'm going to tweet something out. I may change that, but I don't, that, that, that's <laughs> kind of what I have right now as a, as a, I have to make a pick. But all right, let's close this thing out really quickly then with the U.S. stuff, Paul. Um, a lot of movement, a lot of different players. Yeah. Some that some that didn't move though. Like it's it's kind of all over the place. I'm just gonna go kind of top to bottom. Let's just start with the most important one here. And we'll, just to do the exercise, we're gonna go thumbs up, thumbs down. Basically, just like very simply, do you like this or do you not? Now I know there's some nuance in there. We'll talk about that. Most of these I think we think are good, but there there are some concerns that we have about a few of them. So let's start here. Christian Pulisic to Milan for 22 million euros. Uh, up or down, Paul? Up. And, and I'll preface all of this just by saying this is kind of like spring training or training camp where everyone's in the best shape of their lives. Like right now, all these, it's pretty much thumbs up for all of these. There's different levels what of access. What could asterisk. go wrong? Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> but it's also compared to where they were coming from. So Pulisic was in a terrible situation at Chelsea. This is obviously a better situation regardless of what happens, really. Um, but a thumbs up because, I mean, Pioli seems to love him, love his versatility. He may play centrally, he may play on the right wing. Uh, but it sounds like they want to get him in spots to run it, defenders with the ball, which is exactly what he is great at. Uh, if you got Leal on the left, you got Drew up top. Like that's a, it's just a good system to work in for him. So it just seems like a, just about a perfect spot for him to land. I agree. I think the concern is 
that he's not playing in his primary position because their Milan's best player is Rafael Leao, who I, is incredible. Honest, I think he's just can be just as good on the right wing as he was on the left. And I feel like he kind of got pigeonholed on the left, and I was never completely sure why for the U.S. Well, they so. did they they bought Chuck Weze from Villarreal to play on the right. He's going to play the ten, like he's going to play in the middle. Yeah. But I think, and I, what I've read about it, and what I think is 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 a good sign for U.S. fans is. Pioli, their manager, is very invested in him, has talked about how he wants to use him. And I don't, I don't think that, like, I don't think he's going to, like, it's not the 10 position. Again, I said, like, it's not your dad's Burnley. The 10 position isn't your dad's 10 position. Like, that position right. floats. He can go out right, he can go out left. I think he's going to have a lot of freedom. Yep. And he's not going to have a ton of defensive responsibilities in the 10 because they're going to have two guys playing behind him. Yep. Probably in that 4-2-3-1, he's going to be in the middle there behind a striker and lay out to his left and Chuck Weze to his right. They're going to be pretty fluid. I like it. I think it's good. You're right. Like it's way better than the other situation he was in, where he wasn't appreciated at Chelsea, where he wasn't playing, even just, even though the underlying numbers would suggest that he was one of their best per ninety goal con- contributors. Like mm-hmm. they just, it just for some reason that never Chelsea fans never like to talk about that. Um, so I, I think for 22 mil, I think it's a good buy for, for Milan. They've obviously already sold a ton of jerseys, which is great. He seems comfortable there. And uh, and then let's get so let's get right into our next one because his buddy's there too, Yunus Musa to Milan for 20 million euros. Uh, up or down? Uh, thumbs up more reservedly, I guess I would say, only because it's kind of a crowded midfield. We talked about Tenali left for Newcastle. Uh, Cassie went to Barcelona. But there's still a lot of guys who have come in there, Loftus-Cheek and company. So I feel like he's just in a more competitive spot, which can be a good thing. You know, Maybe he earns uh, that role. Uh, is he gonna pl- where's he going to play? I mean, he could play centrally, could play on the right side a little bit in one of those holding spots or if they do more of a 4-3-3. Um, so I'm, just, I'm not quite as high only because he has to prove himself more. That could be a good thing, though, if he's, you know, the Clint Dempsey route where he's constantly proving himself in new spots under new managers. Uh, but on the whole, it's good just because it's a step up. There's Champions League potential, etc. I'm the same. I am cautiously thumbs up. Yeah. I do think there are some concerns. One, it's a crowded sort of midfield, even though they sold Tenali. Like they still have Benacera, who's hurt, um, but is their best midfielder. He's an excellent player probably more defensive minded than, than Musa. So they could play together, but they've got, you know, Ruben Loftus Chico they just bought. Um Rangers from from A Z in the uh the Eredivisie is another guy they spent, I think, around twenty million on who mm-hmm. they really like. They've got a lot of like kind of a, the similar type profile guys, yeah. I think, to him. So it's like can he stand out or is he gonna be like kind of stuck on the bench? Because at the end of the day, like he needs to play, period. Yeah. Like these that's what we want to see from these guys. That was the issue with Pool at Chelsea. Um, and if he's going to be like a backup who plays in some cup matches and, you know, doesn't really start a ton. Like, I think I think the opportunity is theirs for him yep. to take it. It's just like, does it happen? So Big that's range like of observation. You know, the ceiling yeah. of him winning a spot and consistently playing every day means he's playing extremely well. The floor of him, like I said, being on the bench most of the time, not so great. Uh, yeah, range of outcomes, but still a, a good spot and a good challenge for him. Yeah. All right, next up, uh, staying in Syria. Tim Weah to Juve for 12 million euros. He seems to be the Juan Cuadrado replacement. So thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. I mean, I think it's just about a perfect spot for him from a playing perspective. You know, they play that 3-5-2 with wingbacks that he's probably going to play, but it's not a wingback. It's really an attacking wingback first, not some that are more defensive-minded. So he's going to be able to get up and down the field. He's going to be able to run in behind people and generally wreak havoc, which is just kind of what he does. So I think, again, he's got to win the spot and prove himself, but I think it's just about a perfect landing spot for him. Yeah, much more of a, he's a straight-up winger for the U.S., and he's going to have way more defensive responsibilities. But he did that a little bit at Lille. Yeah, and, he played fullback most of last season. Yeah, you, and you're right. Like Quadrado was a pretty dynamic player for Juve. And I, my only concern, I have thumbs up as well. I think it's a great price for him. I think it's an interesting buy yep. for Juve. 
especially because they have McKenney on the roster, who I think we'll get to in a second too. But my only concern is like, is like that their system is so boring and it's so <laughs> antiquated. And you know, that this isn't again, this isn't your dad's Juve. They're they're right. like not, they don't have any money. They're struggling to, I think, like even compete at the highest levels of Serie A like they have in the past. I don't know what they're what they're gonna be like this year. I think you know, they're not in Europe this year because they got the ban because of, you know, the mm-hmm. basically illegally like inflating the prices of their players on the way out. They're kind of in a weird spot. I just don't know if Juve is like the, the, the best bet anymore as far as like, oh, they're making a smart right. buy. Juve wanted them. That's a smart move because I just think they've made a lot of dumb decisions over the last couple of years. So I think the fit on the pitch makes a ton of sense. I just wonder if if the if the way that they play and he's going to end up defending way too often, which I just hope doesn't happen. Yep. No, that all that all makes sense. And if you're looking at it from the U.S. perspective, where he does play higher up the field, is that going to harm his development, or will he be able to adapt if he comes in for the U.S. and things like that? Like I think Allegri would have been fired as the UVA manager if they had any money, but they don't have any money because they play a ter- <laughs> they play one of the worst styles in all of Europe. Like they're just a boring for a team that has yeah. talent and money. Although they don't have any money now, yep. but at least on paper they've got some players who are worse stuff. Like they just like. Like I think Vlahovic, their striker, is excellent. He just has he had a bad year, and I think it's because they didn't really have a ton of help around him. And right. some of that's on him, but some of that's on the system. So it I'm a little worried for Quadrado. He was blazing hot the year before. Yeah, I think I think I would have tried to pick him up as like a I don't know if, if you can get him for guy. decent. Yeah, I think I think he's he's not Holland, obviously, but like I think he's better than Oiland. Like I think he's that on that level. He's so mm-hmm. good. So I don't know. We'll see. But I think it it, it makes sense for for that for that way for the most part. Uh, next one, Brennan Aronson uh, on loan to Union Berlin with an option to buy from Leeds United. So basically it goes from the championship to the Champions League. Thumbs up. This one kind of raises an eyebrow at first because Union Berlin wasn't even in the Bundesliga until four years ago, I think. Uh, But they're in Champions League this year, so he's going to get to play Champions League. They're fourth uh, in Bundesliga, probably overachieved, ran pretty hot, 12th in expected goal difference. Uh, I think it's going to be good. You know, they play kind of a direct, solid defensively, 3-5-2 of sorts. You know, so he's going to slot into the midfield probably, or, you know, where are they going to play him is kind of a question. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, Urs Fischer's that manager and he's just been very good, very solid tactically. So I think he'll get the most out of Aronson one way or the other. So I, I have some questions about exactly how he fits into that system, but I think it's a pretty good landing spot and he gets to play Champions League. I'd say up, but like, you know, kind of more towards the middle, like we're doing right. like the Gladiator, you know, what was it, the Marcus <laughs> Aurelius sort of. Yeah, I think... I, I, you always get a little concerned with the loan to option to buy because the team doesn't really yeah. have any like actual you know incentive to develop you. So if it doesn't work out, he could just sit the bench for the whole year, which yeah. you know hopefully doesn't happen. The other thing is like I don't pretend to have watched a ton of Union Berlin games last year, but in reading a lot about them, they kind of seem to play the opposite style that Brendan Aronson would thrive in. They don't press really at all. I think there were eight teams right. out of twenty teams mm-hmm. in pressing, and he is like a press monster and a workhorse. So I'm just, I, as you said, like the, the, also the three five two. Like, where does he fit in that? I like that he's not on Leeds. I think he would have done right. really well that's in the, the championship. And it seems like Leeds fans kind of turned on him too, which is like, all right, then get him out of there. Like, it's fine. Yeah. He's, like, he, he wasn't the reason that you guys went down. Um, yep. So I, I like him getting out of the toxicity of it. I just don't know. Like all the things on paper are telling me this doesn't make any sense, but he's in the Champions League. So like I'm optimistic, I guess. Yeah, the thumbs up is as much about leaving Leeds as it is landing somewhere else. And and yeah, it, it'll be a different kind of defensive work for him, which is his forte, the, the work rate and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see. But um, again, I'm optimistic, but it's the offseason, so we always are. Uh, all right, next one. We're in mostly some. I'm going to do some like ones that haven't quite happened yet, or at least there are some rumors. Let's do the Tower Adams to Chelsea thing, which seems to be kind of 
hot right now. 20 million release clause, which to me is an absolute bargain. I don't know why West Ham wouldn't be all over that after losing mm-hmm. Declan Rice. Um, but he, you know, I, I, I could see the fit next to Enzo at Chelsea. Oh, yeah. I can. That's perfect. Um, I think he could even play with Caicedo, depending on how, like, if that's your three-man midfield, I think that makes sense. Like, they don't have a lot of midfielders. So on paper, sure, he could play a ton. My concern, why I am kind of thumbs down on it, even though I think the on-field thing makes sense, is I just don't know how toxic Chelsea still is. They seem yep. to be still toxic. I don't trust Chelsea either. I mean, some of this is PTSD from Pulisic last year. That's part of it. But it's not just him. I mean, how many guys have cycled in and out of there the last two, three years uh, and done well elsewhere? Uh, that's. I'd be really interested to see how, how does Adams do on a team like Chelsea that would presumably have more of the ball. You know, he's got a... Where he's not playing just a wrecking ball. Where he needs to develop the passing, develop the dribbling, all of which would be great things, you know, selfishly for the U.S. Uh, so it would be a different sort of spot for him. But if you could surround him with those other guys in the midfield, I mean, he's smart enough to figure out how to you know, adapt his game. You know, we see him do it with the U.S. when they're playing weaker CONCACAF teams, etc. It'd be fun to see him do it more. But the big, it's just a giant asterisk, warning sign, red light, whatever it is, that it's Chelsea, and I don't trust anybody there. Let's do Matt Turner to Forrest next, which seems to be the domino effect of da- the David Raya to Arsenal domino piece falls through. I think it'd be like about 10 million euro, which... You know, solid, and I, he'd be the number one there. They don't have, to my knowledge, now. Even Horvath's as, as playing in preseason. Yeah, Horvath. There you go. You get the yeah. <laughs> you get the little connection there. I think this is a no brainer. I think this is. I think he. What did we say? We want him to play. He's never going right, to play at Arsenal. So let's, yeah, let him play. The will he play, and is this a good move? Are basically the same question to me. It's, if he's going to go somewhere and play in the Premier League, especially, I mean, you're going to get tested by a team that's battling relegation. Just ask, you know, Brad Guzan and, and company, and you can still be a good keeper even if you're allowing a fair number of goals and getting sent down. Uh, so yeah, if he plays anywhere, that's a good thing. This is a weird one because I don't know that there's a few different like teams now that I think are interested, but but Balogun to Inter has been kind of a big one. Now I think there was a report today that Monaco maybe put in a bid for him as well. Hmm. Uh, I think Arsenal are going to want want big money. So I guess let's let's attack this from two parts. I think we both are like thumbs up on him leaving Arsenal, right? I would assume again just got to play. play. Uh-huh. Yeah. So and it doesn't sound like he wants to go out on loan. It doesn't sound like he's going to be a locked in. You know, obviously, yeah. Of course, he's not going to be a locked in starter for for an Arsenal team fighting for the title. Uh, what do we think? I think the Inter, like, in, if Inter, I'm putting money aside. I don't know what the price would be. I think I've seen like 30 to 35 mil, which seems high, but he's very talented. I think Inter's a fantastic spot Doesn't for him. Doesn't it seem perfect? It really does. I, I, as my, I mean, I'm a Roma fan, so I'm talking to you about all these U.S. players going to teams that, I think that my favorite <laughs> that teams are going to be playing constantly. But man, like they just lost Jekko. Lukaku's not there. He'll play next to Lautaro Martinez, who's not really a full striker. Like he could be the striker striker yeah. and form a pairing. I know they signed Marcus Thuram on a free. Um, from Munch and Gladbach, but that's not, I don't know, I'm not really that Well, and they that. played four forwards, you know, regularly last year. So, it, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's so, per- you just stole all my notes, basically. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll let sl- you go for the rest no, of No, it's the <laughs> same thing. It's you slot him next to Martinez, who, again, is not that true up top guy, very fluid playing underneath. Uh, Balogun moves well enough. He's not a Jekko type that we're a statue up top. So, you know, he can interchange. I mean, it just seems like a perfect fit for him if, if that's what the, I mean, yeah, I'd be very happy if that's it. And their manager in Zagi plays like a good system. They they attack right. like they, it's not like some, it's not like you know your typical. Attack. It's not like Juve, right? right? I'd be worried about him going to Juve as a striker because right. probably have, won't get any touches. Plan. Yep. I think I think it's I hope it happens because I think it's awesome. Yep. Um. All right. Next one. Uh, Pepe to PSV. I think this is he stays in the same league, right? right. Just like an up, you know, up to a, a higher level of club. Obviously, I think he had a you know he got out of Osberg, which was a no brainer. So a thumbs up or thumbs down. 
uh, yeah, thumbs up. I mean, again, there's the big asterisk of how much they're going to play. They've got Luke De Young, the Dutch player, as a captain, but he's 32. So, you know, and their uh, head coach has talked about how you know they need depth for all their different competitions, etc. Uh, they're not in Champions League yet. I think they're playing a qualifying round tomorrow as of when we're taping this. So you got a shot at getting there, uh, which would be good both for just playing and also just more games, which gives them more opportunities. So yeah, it's it's good. You're at PSV. You're one of the top Dutch clubs. Uh, Ernie Stewart is there as the director mm-hmm. of football. So you've got some you know ties that you would think he won't just get sent to the bench and forgotten immediately for whatever reason. So thumbs up. Also got to play. Even if it's at least a super sub, you know, where he's starting, whatever, 10 or 15 games a year and then playing 20 minutes in the rest of them. That'd probably be a pretty good spot for him. Seems like an awesome level for him. As you mentioned, Luke Young, 32. Like, there's got to be some sort of, you know, succession plan yeah. of like who is your yeah. next striker. And that he has every opportunity to be that guy for a team that is pretty good and plays an attacking style. And he seemed to like that league last year. So I, I think 100% thumbs up. All right, we got three left. Let's do let's do two really quickly that um, are kind of just completely up in the air, but are obviously big names. I mentioned Juve before. Weston McKenney is still there. I think both of us thought he probably would be sold. It seems like they mm-hmm. wanted to sell him. I don't know if there weren't offers. Like, was the stink of Leeds United last year that bad where nobody wanted him? Maybe Juve's price is too high and there's just nobody that... I, but I, I, it seems like they just want to get rid of him. I don't understand it. But here's the thing, Paul. They've talked... Their, their fans, Juve have talked about wanting to sell him. But then he ends up being like a semi-important player for them every year. So, well, And he started against Milan and Madrid the last few weeks in friendlies. Yeah. So I, and he looks pretty decent from what I saw. So, I, yeah, I don't quite know what Juve's doing. If he stays there and kind of returns to where he was a year or two ago with them, where he's, you know, a regular starter and contributor, great. But I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know what's going on. It's a big question mark to me. I think I'd like him to be sold, but I don't think he will be. And I think we're going to be in the same position where he's like still playing a bunch of games for Juve. And then Juve fans talk about how not good he is and how he's not yeah. Juve quality. And you're like, yeah, but he's like one of your better midfielders right now. So Roma was out there as a possibility for him. They have no money. Would, would, no would money. Like would have loved it. Would have loved it. He would have been great. They have no money. Zero. Yeah. They've spent zero dollars this summer. So shout out the financial fair play. Really, really sticking it to the clubs that matter. Yeah, that'll teach um, you guys. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> guy in a similar position here, Sergino Dest, Oof. who... It sounds like they're basically just going to have to buy him out at some point at Barcelona. Javi has said he doesn't want anything to do with him. There was like some weird tweet that came out that was like, oh, you know, no club wants Dest. And everyone's like, oh, you know, what do you mean no club wants Dest? Like no club wants him on their team. No club wants him at the price Barcelona probably wants for him. It was worded stupidly. Of course there are teams that would want Sergino Dest. They just know that Barcelona probably has to release him. So why would they pay a transfer fee for him? Exactly. Yeah. I mean... He's been connected to several Italian clubs. I mean, he's really just got to play somewhere. I, I don't have a big, strong preference, but it seems like bridges have been burned at Barcelona. Yeah, they're talking about just like cutting him, or they phrase it weird, like canceling his contract or something. Contract, which yeah. I, isn't that why it's a contract? But whatever. Uh, so yeah, just go play somewhere. I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah, he's got to play. So you know, he one year on his contract. I think what would happen is they'd probably like maybe buy him out at a lower oh, yeah. number, yeah. and then he would just make that back in whatever new contract. And they all everybody kind of wins in this situation because yep. he can't stay there. He's not going to play. It's, it was odd though because there was like there were reports that it was like, oh, you know, Zavi's right. back in the mix now. Right. And you're like, was, okay, like cool. Starting that he's in good and now it's like end. I can't wait to get him out. Like get him out of here. He has no he has no future at the club. I, I don't quickly. Know. Dest is one of those guys where I've always been a Robinson is our best fullback guy, even though I know Robinson's flawed. I just think Dest, like the idea of Dest is great, but he just, it's, it's not always, the, 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 the finished product certainly isn't there. I don't know that he has like a specific position. He's not really a right back. I was going to say, I would like to see him go somewhere 
that plays like a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2, whatever you want to say, where you can play a wingback spot and still have some defensive responsibilities, but also be a little more explicitly encouraged to attack. I'd like to see that. It may not fit into what the U.S. does, although, you know, who knows? But uh, I'd rather have Tim Way in that role if I'm, if I'm like talking U.S. guys. Like, I'd rather have Way, yeah. Yep. So I, it's just, it's an odd, it's odd. I, I, I hope he goes to, even if he goes to, you know, I don't know go to the Bundesliga. Go Bundesliga would be great for him. Yeah, you know, I, I, Italy would be interesting. Like, uh, he'd probably have to go to like, you know, a mid sort of table club there, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and those clubs actually do attack. Like the Italian oh, league yeah. is, is actually quite fun. So he just has to get out of there. I mean, I don't, I don't know if staying in Spain and going to a lesser club is the right move either. I, I don't know, but he has to leave. And you're right. Like, figure out what your position is, and then find a team that fits that. Last one, Austin Trusty. Uh, he was sold to Sheffield. I have them going down. He he, he leaves Arsenal officially. Um, I was like, I think it was like a five mil fee. It wasn't a ton, but you know, cheap, whatever. Yeah. So I, I again, I don't, he's going to be defending a lot this year. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, bold prediction time, Rudy. Austin Trusty will start for the U.S. the twenty six World Cup. I don't think that's even that. I mean, that's it's not that bold. But he's got two so caps. Would it be what he and Richards? Yeah, ideally, and still young. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure Miles Robinson. I hope he comes back better than he was, or as good. Yeah, he has, but he's not there yet. Um, yeah, Zimmerman's 30. He means 35. So, you know, uh, McKenzie, I guess, is still in the picture, even though he wasn't called in. But yeah, if you give me Richards and Trusty, uh, the World Cup three years from now, I'm pretty happy about that. If we're talking talent, like, yeah, he's, he's definitely and in the so two. I, yeah. I saw him play in person at what, the Nations League games. Um, just looks the part. I mean, he's 6'3, just moves really easily. Yeah, great athlete. Yeah. Like, just. You just watch it like, oh, like kind of jumps at you a little bit, you know, even on a team of uh, obviously athletes, but just kind of jumps. You know, they trusted him enough to throw him in to the last 10 minutes of Nations League final against Canada. And I know they're up 2 0, so it wasn't life or death, but they're throwing in another center back. They we're willing to do that. But to me, that says a lot about him. Uh, so, yeah, great move for him. Again, you just got to play. You're going to play in the Premier League here. There's no way to get tested better than going against Premier League attackers week in, week out for a team that's going to be defending for their lives. Totally agree. I think, you know, throw you in the fire, see what happens. Yep. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Defend. This is your job. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously, he, he could have gone on another loan. I think he was at Birmingham City last year, right? He's in the Premier League. Yeah, he was their player know. of the season, too. Yeah. 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 Which is, play, you know, like, you, you make through the championship. We talk about all the time. On loan. Like, what a grind yeah, that is. That's, uh, yep. that's pretty impressive. I totally agree. All right. Well, that, I, think, I, I, think, I don't think we missed anybody. I think that was everybody, no, right? Chris Richards needs say. to play. Zach Steffen had knee surgery, so he's probably not going anywhere. Steffen's, but, yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't know. But that's, we'll leave that yeah, for not a whole day. lot else. Um, all right. Well, man, we've almost gone, what, 90 minutes or so here. A long one. So I know we, we, we missed you guys. We missed Paul and I hadn't talked in a while. We hadn't talked to you guys in a while. So we were excited. We are excited for the, you know, the club season to come back. We're trying to figure out exactly, too, what, it, what the season will look like. We're still... Um, We'll, we'll kind of keep you guys. I know some of you, a lot of you have tweeted us and we've kind of you, told you days that we're going to pop on. I think what the what the schedule is going to be, obviously we're going to the NFL season, which is a big time for the feed itself. Um, I think Paul and I will be on a few times for the rest of like 2023, but I think the idea is to sort of ramp it up like we did last year again, post-NFL and have some consistent shows with the Champions League ramping up at the end of seasons ramping up. But if stuff happens, we'll kind of be around. Um, and you know, obviously we're giving picks out and stuff on Twitter as well if you follow us. So make sure you follow um, Paul Carr. What's your Twitter handle, Paul? I always forget. At Paul Carr. At Paul Carr. Mine's at Saruti. So there you go. Easy enough. Took care um, of the other guy who had it before. Now we're in good shape. Yeah. So I guess uh, you know, best of luck to everyone's bets. I think you know, I like I said, I I I I reserve the right to change my top four before the end of the week. <laughs> the season starts on Friday, so I, I didn't love my top four. I reserve um, the right to change research. my relegation. Once but I like I, my once bets. I throw darts again, except for Wolverhampton. That's, 
That's why it's way more interesting to, to bet it than it is to just project a straight top four. But, I, and uh, I love it just, I mean, season-long bets are so much fun because like every week you're checking like, oh, you know, like last year at Southampton getting relegated at plus 300. So every week you're like, yep, Southampton lost. Yep. You know, it's just it's just fun. Or they yeah, don't, you can you hedge know. too. You know, depending on what you, what yep. the what the results yeah, are. Yeah, later in the season, it puts you in a good spot there. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, that'll do it. Thanks as always to Paul Carr. Thanks to Stefan Anderson for producing this podcast. Best of luck, as I said to everybody's bats. Club soccer is back, people. Enjoy it. We'll talk soon.